Hey, good morning. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 7. Uh, my name is Aaron. We'll be in Revelation 7 in just a couple of minutes. I want you to know about uh, a way you can take a further step with our church. Our church is going somewhere under the Lord's leadership. He's taking us somewhere as a people. We're not just putting in our time. We're not just, you know, moving Sunday to Sunday. We are going somewhere with the Lord. And if you want to find out more about that, CIL Forward, you can start at any time. Go to CIL.church. It's the process where you can know us better and then perhaps become a partner after you find out who we are. We'll have one in person on August 16th. You can register for that. But if you don't want to wait until then, you can start this afternoon. You can start as soon as this sermon is over on CIL Forward. Here's one of the things we talk about during CIL Forward, we talk about our mission. And here's our mission, to know his love and to share his love. So we love great services like this where we sing songs together and we hear God's word together and we grow. I mean, God's called us to mature in him. We want to keep getting better for the Lord. But it's not enough that it's just about us. We've got lots of people in this area who need to hear the message of Jesus. So we exist to know his love, and to share his love. That's why I've been talking to our church about God's call upon our church to grow more. Back in Palm Sunday, I gave a message. It was eight reasons why I'm praying for God to grow our church. And we're sensing that growth and we're seeing that growth in lots of different areas. But I'm praying for growth because only God can really make a church grow. And we can follow his leadership. But there are reasons why I want you to join me in that prayer and that expectation. And I gave eight reasons, and then we've been looking at one reason at a time. Today's message is titled this, God Created Diversity. And more specifically, God Created Ethnic Diversity. I want to talk to you about that because one of the reasons I believe God's called CIL to continue to grow is because of what he's doing uh, among the people in Hendersonville, Gallatin, Goodlettsville, that whole north Nashville region. So one of the statements I shared with you a, few, a couple of months ago, but I share with you right now again. We want Revelation 7-9 diversity. We want Revelation 7-9 diversity. That's one of the reasons we're praying for God to grow our church. As our area becomes more ethnically diverse, we want to be part of that story and be a place of worship uh, where all ethnic groups can feel at home and that we can be an example of God's vision for the people groups and ethnic groups of this world. So that's where we're going today. So here's my first point today. I've already made a couple of points, but here's like the one with a number one on it. Okay? <laughs> when we recognize God's created ethnic diversity, here's, the, here's this. We want to recognize God's vision and Satan's vision for ethnic diversity. There are two different visions. God has a vision for ethnic diversity, and Satan has a vision for ethnic diversity. And so with that, we can be in line with God's heart, or we can be in line with the enemy's plans. Now, I mentioned Revelation 7-9. What does that say? We'll now read this together, and then at the end of this passage, we'll thank God for his word. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation. Now, I have to say something. That nation 
is translated as ethnic group. Every ethnic group, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, that's our future. Now, some of you don't want many people in heaven because you're going to heaven. You're like, I'm going to heaven and everyone else is going to miss out. All right, you're not going to like the sermon or not going to like our church either. Because we want as many people as possible to know about the greatness of the name of Jesus. Because there is no one who compares to our Jesus. And when Jesus is lifted up, it's a transformational recognition. And we see that around the throne of God, there will be a day when multitudes, a bunch of people, I mean, the scripture said so many, you can't even count. You can't even estimate. And they're not all Jewish people. That used to be the story of God. The story of God was one ethnic group, one family. This one special tribe was his representation to the world. But Jesus came and changed everything. And Jesus said, my, my love and my message and my truth is not now only for the special tribe, though they remain special and they remain uh, some, uh, uh, something unique, a covenant people, the Jewish people. But now beyond them, the gospel is open to the whole world. This is God's vision. And when we begin to step in the, in, into the heart of God, then our cultural prejudice, our poor habits when it comes to dealing with other ethnicities, they begin to melt in the knowledge of the greatness of God. God created humanity differently. He created them uniquely. And he did it to represent his heart. Within our difference, we find our unity. Within being, having different uh, cultures and different pigmentations. Is that a word? Pig, different colors of skin. I, I felt all the word police ready to judge me once again. There's like several out there that they're just like, they're not listening for the word of the Lord. They're like, what can Aaron mispronounce? Because we're going to text Beth as soon as he does it. So now that, now that we got that out of the way, you can hear the word of the Lord now. So different skin colors, different parts of the world, all under the name of Jesus. This is God's vision for the world. But Satan has a vision too. 1 Peter 5, 8 gives, gives us a characteristic of the enemy, Satan. We are, we are encouraged, be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for anyone he can devour. We have to be aware of the enemy's plan. And the enemy has many strategies. One of the enemy's strategies is to divide people by racial lines and to separate people and to cause hatred. Let me tell you what Satan's vision for, for ethnic diversity is. His vision is war. Because most wars occur because of ethnic differences. His vision is ethnic cleansing. His vision is genocide. His vision is Holocaust. And so we have lived now through the 20th century into the 21st century. There used to be great hope that as technology had advanced, 
as psychology had been understand, as sociology and anthropology had been developed, that we would continue to improve and our improvement would cause us to, to eradicate racism and prejudice. But the story of the 20th century and 21st century has not been the case. The Jews, the Romanas, six million of them exterminated in the Holocaust. What happened in Ethiopia in the 70s? Serbia in the 1990s. Serbia and Bosnia, the ethnic cleansing that occurred there. Rwanda in 1994. So many people were exterminated that by the time we understood the news, over a million people had been killed. In the tens, Darfur, in the western part of Sudan, people were eliminated just because of the tribe that they were in. And today, there's an issue in western China with the Uyghur people who are being exterminated and they are by the Chinese government. And this is an issue that is, has not been properly addressed. Here, here's the point I'm trying to make here. Is that even as man progresses, sin progresses too. God has a vision for his church to have racial diversity, to be the opposite of what is happening with, with the enemy in the nations and what's happening in the world around us. The things that I mentioned, most of them have happened in our lifetime, during the time we've been alive. And so we have a chance as a church. We have a chance as a church to champion and to move towards racial diversity in our hearts as a sign of the kingdom of God. Now, a lot of people begin to think about racial diversity within the church, and I'll hear stuff like this. Hey, my uncle has a church where every race is, is represented, and there's multi-races, and it's a wonderful church. I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, oh, great, where is this church? And they'll say, Los Angeles. Okay, well, that makes sense. Someone else will say, oh, I saw this great preacher on, on TV, and they spanned a crowd, and there was an ethnically diverse crowd there. Oh, right, where is that church? Oh, New York City. Okay, so part of the thing, part of the realistic vision that we have for racial diversity is understanding our own demographics. Sometimes we're so down upon our own church when we don't understand the demographics of our area. Here are the demographics of Hendersonville. Hendersonville is, and I think there'll be a slide up here, is 85% white. 85% white. 9% black. Now, that's a lot different than when I came here 17 years ago. 17 years ago, it was like 3% black. So as, as our area is getting more diverse, uh, then we want to grow with that diversity. But if you begin to evaluate those numbers, 9% of 63,000 people means that in our city, there's about five to 6,000 black people in our city. Hispanic, 4.7%. Asian, 1.3%. So here, here's the point I'm trying to make is this, is that you can look, if those of you who are here and, and, and you've probably thought about the crowd here and say, well, CIL is not a very diverse church. And that doesn't mean that we don't care for that and strive for that. We are within the boundaries of our city demographics. I think that's important to understand. That's important to know so that we're not comparing ourselves to a church in Los Angeles or New York or somewhere else and thinking, oh, well, we are just not a very diverse church or a caring church. 
So th- this is what I want to say. Diversity is sometimes not what you see with your eyes. It's how you see with your heart. Okay, so we could, what if we had things perfectly, perfectly distributed? 25% white, 25% black, 25% Asian, 25% Hispanic, and other things. And it's like perfect, you can look across the room and things look perfect, perfectly diverse. But yet there, there are power structures and there are lack of opportunity for minorities and there, there are things that don't please the heart of God. And so here we are. We may see diversity with our eyes, but not see diversity with our heart. So I'm calling our church as we grow to continue to have a heart for diversity, to want that, to grow with our city. And we, you know, we may have some work to do and we can pray for that, to, to grow with our city so that we, we have a culture that says we want to be a Revelation 7-9 church. We want diversity here and we believe that can happen and in our hearts we see that happening now guys I want to tell you a little something about me that some of you know but not all of you know I absolutely love too much tortilla chips they tortilla chips are my health kryptonite man I melt before tortilla chips and so not that long ago, I just said, okay, man, I need to just abstain from tortilla chips. And I did for a long time, a long time. And it was amazing. If we had time, I would tell you about these different social situations. It was almost comical. Like people would like put a big basket of tortilla chips right in front of me, you know. And I was like, I'm just going to see it. I'm just going to go a long ways and, and go a long ways until this happens. In fact, it was back in the spring. I said, I'm going to make it to Cinco de Mayo. I said, why not? And my family did not believe me. They did not believe me. They were not behind me at all. And, and at one time I was thinking, I think I'm going to go the rest of my life without having a tortilla chip. <laughs> in fact, Abby asked me that. She said, are you ever going to have a tortilla chip again? And when she asked me that, at the time I felt like, yeah, I could go the rest of my life without a tortilla chip. But you know what I told her? Yeah, I'm going to have one again. Because I knew I would. And I have since then. And, and you understand, you've been through situations like that. You know, sometimes that's how we are with sin. You know, we have a long run and we're like, oh, I'm not prideful, I'm humble. Of course, we're prideful when we think that. And then we fall. Or I'm never going to lust again. Or I'm never going to be angry again. And, and when we have that attitude towards sin, it's not realistic and it sets us up. It sets us up for a fall. And I think that some of us lie to ourselves when it comes to racial diversity. And we're like, I'm never going to have an inappropriate thought again. I'm never going to have a thought that doesn't please the Lord when it comes to other races. Listen, here's the deal. When we have a thought like that, it is a sin. And we are to take that and submit it to the Lord and repent of that. But if we have the pride that says that, oh, we're never susceptible to that. Well, if that's the case, then we're not going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's why number two is this. I'm going to call our church to improve attitudes, language, and habits towards different races. I'm calling every single one of you and myself to get better. To not be smugly satisfied with your stories and your past. And not somehow think that because you've been in some social situation in your past that somehow that gives you an excuse 
not to be disciplined with your language or disciplined with your attitudes. Because here's the deal. I could give this sermon today that calls our church to be a Revelation 7-9 church. And I could say something stupid this afternoon or think something sinful. And if that happens, I need the Holy Spirit's power. So all of us, all of us can keep getting better with the Revelation 7-9 vision that God has called us to move towards. The apostle Peter, he did amazing things when it came to bringing the Gentiles into the kingdom of God. In fact, he went to Cornelius and Cornelius was a Gentile and he prayed with Cornelius and Cornelius received the Holy Spirit. And he said, if Cornelius received the Holy Spirit, just like we did, we can't keep the gospel from the Gentiles. I mean, he was the leader The leader, one of the leaders, we know that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, but Peter was right there at the leading edge of opening the gospel beyond just one racial ethnic group. But you know what he did? Is he slipped. And he he started out good, but then just because he started good didn't mean he would always, always make the right decisions. I want us to go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, starting with verse 11. When Cephas, and that's also Peter, he has two different names, came to Antioch, Paul, Paul's writing here, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For he regularly ate with the Gentiles before certain men came from James. However, when they came, he withdrew and separated himself because he feared those from the circumcision party. Then the rest of the Jews joined his hypocrisy so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So here it is, guys. We all have the potential to start out good in this area or to make a good decision in this area and then, and then to slack and to not please the Lord in that. So don't, don't have pride in yourself. Say, well, I'm above being prejudiced. Instead, keep submitting your heart your language. Don't participate in racial jokes. Don't, don't try to say something that's cute and whimsical as if you're above, above some of the racial differences that have hurt and divided the body of Christ. Instead, learn. Learn from people of different races. Learn from people with different ethnic backgrounds. Because this is what happens is when you learn, you begin to see that the Holy Spirit begins to move in those relationships. And the Holy Spirit is about transformation. And I love the fact that the Holy Spirit can take a prejudiced heart and make it a kingdom heart. The Holy Spirit can take someone who has been trained in racism and who has poor habits and poor language and has has a poor culture that they've been adapted to. And he can begin, the Holy Spirit can begin to convict and to change and to give empathy and begin to help people understand what it might be. To, to be in a different situation or to be part of a different race. These are all things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in all of us. And he is at work. I, I want to encourage all of you to do the sacrificial work of racial healing. Notice I didn't say ra- racial reconciliation because that's not always a term that's received well. Racial healing. We don't want to reconcile something that has always been broken. We want to heal. We want to go to Revelation 7, 9, healing. Notice that 
I'm not giving this sermon on MLK weekend. Now, I used to give a, a, a racial sermon on MLK weekend, and that was a good start, starting point for me. But it's, it's not about placating and giving messages when people are going to applaud you. It's not about our social media posts when we're going to get lots of likes on special days. God may use those things, and it may be appropriate for us to speak out on significant days. But I want you to think about the most random day when you have no attention on you and when nobody is cheering you on and no one's going to give you accolades and then think, how can I be part of racial healing today? And I want to commend a couple of people I know in here. First, I want to commend Deborah Jackson, one of our associate pastors, because in the confusing times of 2020, 2021, she did work outside of office hours, outside of what I asked her to do, to help bridge a gap to the African-American churches in Sumner County. And she did things that no one else saw to build relationships. And she built genuine friendships that benefited our church. And then in the middle of 2021, I want to honor Jacob Bell. He came in and and some of the relationships he already had and things that he discovered through Deborah and through me, man, he just built great bridges from our church to the African-American, uh, predominant African-American churches in Sumner County. And so this has, spur, this has spurred out of, uh, sprung out of genuine friendship. Not, hey, let's put a day on the calendar and try to have symbolic Symbolic kind of racial, um, a, a, a racial service just to make us feel better. Again, those things have their place. I've participated in them in the past, and I will participate in them in the future. But without the relational work, without the consistency, without the random Friday night, when instead of going to dinner with your spouse, you go and you volunteer and fold blankets for the homeless shelter in Sumner County. That's what starts making a difference in racial healing in our county. All of you can make a difference. And some of you are making a difference. And I don't know what you're doing, but God knows. Some of you as teachers have built bridges. Some of you have built bridges uh, as a business owner, as a salesperson. Some of you students have built, built bridges that, that we didn't build when we were younger. Some of you have opened up your homes and and there are incredible stories that I don't even know about that you have done the hard work of racial healing, being an instrument of God when no one is looking, being the instrument of God when you don't get accolades on social media. You are doing God's work. And I want to, I want to encourage you in that. Here's point number three. I've already made it, but I want you to see how it's constructed. Consistently work towards racial healing consistently doing, do it. Hey, everyone marched when there was nowhere else to go. And, and that was a problem. I had a real problem in 2020 that, I mean, I, well, I, I didn't know if I would have a problem, but I had a problem when the marches were empty in 2022 and 2023. Why? Because people are on vacation. Because people are back, they're, they're, all, they're all back doing their regular rhythm. Now is the time to march. 
Now is the time to engage. When everyone else has forgotten about this very difficult subject in our nation's history, now is the time for the church to step in. So open your eyes and open your hearts to possibilities when no one else is thinking about the issue. You think about the issue because you're operating in the spirit of Jesus. A famous quote by philosopher says, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. Think about the step you can take in 2023 and 2024 to be part of, of God's plan for Revelation 7-9 to start here on earth. And as it is in heaven, let it be here on earth. Here's number four. Emphasize the gospel as the answer for racial healing. Emphasize the gospel as the answer for racial healing. I'm so proud of the American church. I'm proud of the American church. Those who want to just criticize the American church don't have their eyes open. Yeah, I know there's terrible stories out there, but there are better stories. The American civil rights movement of the 1950s and 1960s started in the church. It didn't start in the in, in, in the universities. It started in the church. It started with pastors. It started with Christians, black Christians, white Christians, in solidarity, living out the scripture. And I want you to be proud to be a Christian because Christianity has been on the leading edge of racial healing. From the beginning, Christianity has been gathering people of different languages and different tribes at the very beginning of the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room when the Holy Spirit gave these unknown languages to people. You can read in Acts chapter 2 that these were recognized languages. They were Jewish people coming from different parts of the world. It was a sign of the gospel that was going to spread from Jerusalem to the rest of the world. We've been part of that message spreading, and we will be part of that message spreading. Here's the last scripture I want to share with you. Galatians chapter 3, starting with verse 26. So in Christ Jesus... You are all sons of God, children of God in Christ Jesus. For those of you who were baptized into Christ. Just your baptism is important, by the way. I just want you to know that. Baptism is important. There's this assumption that all Christians are baptized. I just want you to let that rest on you for a second. For those of you who were baptized into Christ have been clothed with Christ. There is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, since you are all one in Christ Jesus. When it comes to the distribution of grace, it's for all people, not just the Jews, but for the Gentiles, for all tribes, all people, all genders. The the Spirit of God has been poured out upon the church. And guys, as we grow, as we grow, I want us to have a heart for diversity. And sometimes we'll see that in our room and sometimes we won't, but we'll see that interactions. We'll see that in not only the symbolic things we do, but in the secret things we do, that we're going to be different. We're going to be a church that we don't, we don't just point out the problem 
we participate in the solution, that we become better because Christ is transforming us, that we learn about other cultures and know that all cultures are submitted to Jesus Christ and to the cross. And that is, is the story of the gospel. Jesus is for everything, everybody. Jesus is for everybody. And because Jesus is for everybody, so we want to represent his heart to the world. I, I'm excited because I can feel you're with me on this. I can see your eyes. I can see your attention. And guys, we don't want to only grow. We want to grow the right way. We want to grow numerically, but we also want to grow in diversity. We, we want to grow, and as we grow, we'll be a people that will not participate in racial jokes. We'll be a, a people who will not perpetuate the same story. We will be people who will not accept the cultural norm. We'll, we will be people who think deeper, think longer. And we, we will be people who put action to our steps and will go to the places of healing. And in the places of healing, that's where we will see Jesus Christ manifested in powerful ways. That is a part of the gospel that we won't ignore. That is a part of the gospel that will flesh out in us as we get to know the presence of the Lord better. And so we thank you. Can we pray together? Father, we just... Um, thank you for revelation. We thank you, God, for speaking to us this day. And God, as we go through this time of ministry, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that um, you're softening our hearts towards the things of the Lord. And Lord, you're, you're calling us, we're, we're, we're because of Jesus, because of grace, we're going to be around the throne of God. We are Revelation 7-9 people multitudes around the throne of God. And Lord, as we're around the throne of God, Lord, as it is in heaven, let it be on earth. As it is in heaven, let it be in Hendersonville. As it is in heaven, let it be in Goodlettsville and Gallatin and White House in North Nashville. Lord, thank you for doing that. We praise your name.